Hello everybody and welcome to a new edition of the Talking Pharmacy podcast. Joining me on the pod this week are Arthur Walsh, editor of our daily news service, Pharmacy Network News, and Neil Trainis, editor of Independent Community Pharmacies. I'm Rob Darricott, the editor of P3 Pharmacy Magazine. Everybody's favourite Welsh editor, Richard Thomas, is taking a well-earned break after some full-on networking at the pharmacy show last weekend. So in a packed edition this week, we will be looking at who's basking in glory and who needs to pull their socks up in our regular Good Week, Bad Week slot. Uh, we'll also have the final challenge in Pharmacist Support's five-week Act Now Wellbeing programme, which is running throughout the month of October. But we thought we'd start this week with some thoughts on last weekend's pharmacy show at the NEC in Birmingham. For many community pharmacists, this was the first face-to-face event they will have attended for almost two years. And many might have been wondering just what to expect. I know in the office we were trying hard to get a feel for attendance in advance. Not only is it clear from the daily figures of COVID cases and hospitalisations that we're not out of the woods yet, uh, but pharmacists have faced unrelenting pressure for more than 18 months. Many have not had a proper holiday in that time and every day away from the business with family and friends or just grabbing some downtime is precious. As it was, while attendances were clearly down a bit and we were in a slightly smaller hall at the NEC than in previous years, there was a healthy buzz in the venue on both Sunday and Monday. So, Neil, let's start with you. How will you look back on the Pharmacy Show 2021? Well, it was actually um, a bit of a relief to be back, to be honest, Rob. It was uh, nice to be back. Um, it was slightly smaller. I think I think it was slightly reduced on, on, compared with uh, two years ago. Probably understandable under the circumstances. But it was, uh, yeah, it, it was a busy, um, pretty vibrant uh, event. Um, seemed to be a lot of people there. And uh, and the talks, the ones that I managed to get to, I think all, all four of us, we, we chaired some talks and we covered some talks and uh I enjoyed them. I found it quite a, a satisfying um, experience. Um, one just on the um, just coincidentally, you mentioned the pharmacist support there and, uh, and their latest initiative. Well, one of the talks I went to um, about grassroots pharmacy and where that's going in, in, the, in, in the coming years. Uh, a, a fantastic pharmacist, Oluteo Arikaweri, I can't, sorry if I've mispronounced the surname, um, the superintendent pharmacist at Priory Pharmacy in, in Dudley. She um, done some tremendous work, uh, um, award-winning pharmacist, and she actually has a team of mental health first aiders who are trained to spot if somebody has mental health problems. And um, I just, I, you know, there might be people who, who know about the work that she's doing in this area already. And um, I, it, was, it was great to sort of find out a bit more about what, she, what her and her pharmacy are doing. Uh, and she called for a mental, a pharmacy mental health first aider service to be rolled out nationally, um, because after all, at the end of the day, it's you know I think we tend to forget that pharmacy team members are in need of, you know, can, can be in need of um, mental health support, not just patients. It's not it's not all about patients. It's the pharmacy, you know, the human beings as well. And uh, um, and sh- and she's had got, she's running this tremendous service um, within her pharmacy. And Lindsay Fairbrother, another pharmacy, uh, another award-winning pharmacist. Who uh, in Derbyshire, a Good Life Pharmacy? Um, you know, she also said that recently one of her team needed time off because they were going through a difficult time. But it was the team that pulled together to help that individual. Um, you know, the individual that didn't come to her as the owner, but the, the, the individual felt comfortable enough to actually talk about their issues with the team, and that, and that's a really fantastic thing. Um, so it was a it was a very um, 
thought-provoking talk on, on on grassroots pharmacy. It was a lot more to it than just than mental health. Um, the power of social media marketing, how that can um, help pharmacies improve their services and draw, and draw people's attention to what they're doing, the great work that they're doing, particularly on Facebook. Um, I think uh, Lindsay has uh, managed to, 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 to really get some great results on Facebook with uh, her, her marketing. Um, and uh, and it was just a, a very enjoyable talk. I think all the talks I went to were enjoyable. And of course, it was a pleasure to chair um, a couple of talks as well and listen to Ed Waller, who we'll come on to later, uh, talk. So it was a good experience. I enjoyed the Farms Show this year. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I didn't, unfortunately, I was somewhere else when that particular session was going with Oloteo and uh, and Lindsay. I think Thorin Gobin was in that session as well, wasn't she? Do you know what? It's, it's really nice to hear... Uh, to see opportunities to shine a light on some really exciting work that's being led uh, locally and by um, community pharmacy itself, and uh, I, th- I guess that that whole session, in fact, several sessions at the uh, at the show, just struck me as being uh, that pharmacy leadership in its broadest sense is 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 in some good hands, and that there are people doing things locally, um, which you know deserve a wider audience, and it's nice to hear that. Um, that some of those things were focused on at the show this year. Uh, Arthur, what about you? What what would you what are you taking away from this year's show? Uh, yeah, I sort of echo what both of you said, and that you know, despite the fact that it was maybe a little bit smaller than in previous years, um, it will was sort of. I mean, it's it's that sort of unique snapshot of what's going on in in pharmacies in in the UK, and the chance to um, to hear from you know both you know. Running, running around, sort of networking, meeting with people, and also um, from from all the talks, so you really get a, a sense of what's going on and help sort of, you know, crystallize what is happening and what people's thinking is. You know, both on the grassroots, like that really sort of powerful example that Neil just uh, spoke about, but also from you know our from our sector representatives and and um, and the people they're dealing with in, in the NHS and so on. Um, I don't think there was, I'm not sure there was any sort of big breaking revelations um, that's going to rock any 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 pharmacist world, but definitely helped to um, uh, clarify um, thinking um, on, on what's on what's sort of facing the sector, particularly in England. We had um, Mark Lionette, the chief executive of the MPA, saying that um, he and the other trade bodies were in a meeting with uh the NHS who told them you're moving too slowly on on um, ICS integrated care structures, um, and you know the, the ship is moving, which um, you know is definitely sort of food for thought. Um, other things like uh, Anne Joshua from NHS England. Um, I mean, I asked her about about um, the GP uh, CPCS referrals because Sajid Javid obviously um, last week said, oh. So said we're considering Scotland's pharmacy first model for England, which obviously you don't need uh, patients don't need to be referred by by anyone to a pharmacy. They they can refer themselves. Um, and so I asked Dan Joshua, you know, would this perhaps be um, a more efficient model for England? Because because we know um, uh, there are there are so many issues with with lower flow rates. But she was ad- adamant uh, that the NHS is sticking to its guns that um, that referral into into cpcs is is the way to go so yeah rather than sort of 
you know, big, um, you know, smoke, smoking gun revelations help sort of, you know, crystallize and clarify a few things. And um, yeah, another, another, another good year. Yeah. Thanks, Arthur. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think you're, you're right there. I like that, uh, that, that one from Andrusha about the ship uh, moving away. I, I think it's, uh, it's fast leaving port. And it seems to me that pharmacies running along the quayside weighed down by the usual baggage including a particularly large trunk labelled the right review. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a really important message there that we need to get on with some of these things and get in a position to engage. I mean, as I, th- I think we've all reported over recent uh, weeks and months, there are plenty of uh, local leaders who who are engaging with um, ICSs and the people who are likely to lead them, and that that's all uh, a little bit more of a positive picture. Um, for me, I've got a couple of overriding impressions of this year's show. And first, if you... Is anybody out there contemplating how to improve efficiency in the pharmacy, whether the answer lies in technology, then you could basically have spent pretty much a whole day checking out the latest in automated solutions uh, for dispensing, uh, technology to improve the quality of pharmacist patient interactions and software to enhance workflow, improve the quality of internal systems and deliver efficiency uh, in the dispensary, but also elsewhere. And I think... I counted at least three collection point offers in the UK market now, in addition to those being offered as part of the package by the dispensary robot suppliers. Um, and I think we've reflected this in the past. One of the largest stands at the show was that of British Cannabis, and CBD suppliers were notable elsewhere in the hall too. Might be time for us all to take another look at what's happening in that space. Some of the numbers being talked about for the cannabis stroke CBD market are huge in the billions. And um, obviously, we weren't able to attend everything, but with the best attended session in the show, certainly for filling the seats and having people standing room only at the back, was one sponsored by CBD brand Pure Is, um, which saw jump racing legend uh, Sir A.P. McCoy uh, discussing chewing the fat with rugby legend Mike Tyndall. I mean, that, that's, a, that's an interesting, interesting mixture for the pharmacy show, isn't it? I've certainly seen Johnny Wilkinson in the past, but... AP and uh, Mike Tyndall talking about, uh, obviously talking about, I guess, CBD, mental health, all those kind of things with the audience. Um, Conference programme, plenty to choose from across multiple streams, as we'll find out later. Uh, There was much for pharmacy followers to pick up from some of the big names in the programme, and I think we're going to all pick on something out of that. Uh, And for veteran, um, veteran conference goers, just one final reflection. I think in terms of stand giveaways, pens are clearly back. Uh, lots of pens going out uh, at the show. And for those who keep count in the Quality Street versus Roses battle, always very important to see who's uh, what, what are the sweets of choice going out on stands. I think Roses edged it this year. So uh, that's where that's where that's all the news from uh, the pharmacy show this year. Any final thoughts from you guys before we move on? Yep. Yeah, well, well, actually, I was um, talking to a, a, I won't name the chat, but I was having a chat with uh, a guy representing a, a, an e-cigarette company who was at the pharmacy show. We had a very interesting discussion about where that industry is going. And I, I, I only just caught my attention because I know um, that the, you know, smoking cessation is obviously a huge area for pharmacies. And at the moment, uh, many, I think there's only, if I'm not mistaken, just one brand that's been approved by the MHRA as a medicinal product, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Evoke, wasn't it? Way back about five years ago. Um, so the, so basically the industry as, as a whole hasn't, 
quite cracked that one uh, as such as yet. And, and it was interesting, you know, the guy I spoke to um, said that there's many reasons for that. Um, one of the biggest reasons is, is really a battle for hearts and minds with pharmacists because they, they're very clinically driven professionals they 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 base everything they do on 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 evidence and they want evidence they won't you know they're not going to put their patients in 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 harm's way and they want evidence for any medicines they they provide or or recommend um and that's one of the reasons why he believes that the um that the industry's really kind of struggled since the five years since that first the only I i believe the only the only um nicotine electronic inhaler that was approved by the mhra and none since um, that you know, it it really is a battle for hearts and minds. The evidence, just the clinical evidence, isn't persuasive and strong enough uh, there. And that was just quite interesting. Just interesting, interesting discussion that I had with that that particular chap. I don't know what you thought, Rob, but um, about the e-cigarette industry, it's a huge industry, as we know. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Is I don't know whether we we're talking to the same person, but I certainly had a conversation with uh, with one supplier there who was suggesting that we may well see some um, some renewed. Uh, action in the in the pharmacy market in the uh, in 2022 so that might be something to look out for certainly in that same sort of area um e-cigarettes vaping um and obviously with renewed interest within the um within the contract on smoking cessation uh, in pharmacies then um, one or two things might come together next year i guess Put the 23rd of November in your diary and join us for our remote consultations webcast sponsored by Viatrice. Hosted by our very own Richard Thomas, we'll be looking at best practice as a way of helping pharmacists get the most out of remote consultations that have become more common post-COVID. We'll be covering the current situation, advantages and limitations, tips, technology and more. Join us at 7pm on the 23rd of November. Simply register using the link in the show notes below. Learning Made Simple with Pharmacy Magazine. Now, if you've listened to any of the last four podcasts, you'll have heard of Pharmacy Support's Wellbeing Campaign Act Now, which runs throughout the month of October. Week five of the campaign has the theme Connect. So here's the charity's chief executive, Daniel Help Hunt, with the details. Hi everyone, it's Danielle Hunt here. I'm the Chief Executive of the Professions Charity Pharmacist Support and I'm here to show your weekly Act Now catch-up. Tomorrow marks the fifth and final week of our Act Now Wellbeing campaign. The theme this week is Connect. We will be exploring how connecting with others can give your wellbeing a boost as well as combat feelings of loneliness. Social connections are frequently highlighted as one of the most important factors for longer-term resilience. Evidence suggests that feeling close to and valued by other people is a fundamental human need and one that contributes to functioning well in the world. Thanks to this week's sponsors, Dale Lewis Pharmacy, across the week we'll be sharing resources that explore how to build positive workplace relationships and improve social skills and connections. We'll also be discussing the science behind this wellbeing practice in our weekly wellbeing chat with the charity's resident wellbeing expert, Melissa, and a panel of guests. Don't miss out. It's not too late to sign up and receive free wellbeing resources direct to your inbox for you and your team. Visit pharmacistsupport.org to find out more. So that was Danielle Hunt, Chief Executive of Pharmacist Support. And as she said, you'll find all the details of the Act Now campaign at pharmacistsupport.org. 
Right, it's time for Good Week, Bad Week, although I think we might all have picked something good to talk about this week. Arthur, shall we start with you? Who's had a good week for you? My good week goes to Labour MP for Coventry Northwest, Tayo Oatemi. Um, I spoke to her recently um, about her, you know, her career as an MP and a pharmacist, her experience during COVID, and um, and she recently became Shadow Minister for Women and Equality. So I spoke to her a little bit about that, sort of a a wide ranging and um, illuminating chat. I thought um, she spoke about. Um, how, in her view, uh, the government's you know not doing enough to to uh, honour and and recognise the skills of pharmacists. I mean, obviously, um, people can make the accusation, um, and I, ha- I have seen this response that that this has been the case under Labour government governments as well as as Conservative governments that that pharmacist skills um, aren't adequately recognised. But I think it 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 is powerful coming from uh, from. Uh, political representative who's also a member of the profession and who and, and a very um passionate one at that i mean it really sort of shone through she spoke about um uh her background as um as an oncology pharmacist in hospital and what drew her to that sort of a combination of um in her interest in clinical research and also sort of um the impact that you can make on patients um and uh, and she worked uh, she has worked during the pandemic as a as a locum community pharmacist, which she said, you know, took a little bit of a, a shift in mindset and was very challenging as well because there was um, so so much workload and such such worried patients. But she she said she found that um, uh, sort of uh, worthwhile and re- and rewarding as well, just sort of the, seeing the 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 difference it made to pa- to patients' lives, which as um, I mean I think is is great and very um commendable given given that she's also a relatively new mp she she um was elected in the the winter 2019 election so to combine those two uh to juggle all you know th- three things now with, with the, the shadow ministerial position uh to juggle all of these with such skill um i thought very commendable um and she also talked about um this this is a something that we discussed on the pod earlier in the year the guido fawkes article in which she was um uh i mean it was supposed to be funny referred to as, as selling drugs um which um guido fawkes you know given their that their general general editorial position um refused to to apologize or back back down saying it's a joke anyone with it with a brain wouldn't take it seriously uh but she made the point i mean she did she didn't say anything at the time and she did say uh to me that you know she just didn't think it was worth worthwhile it, it didn't merit merit response but she did say with her sort of um equalities minister equality shadow minister hat on that you know it's it that articles like that do um uh can play up to sort of harmful racial stereotypes and 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 it, and it can be important to challenge those um also talked about her sort of her views on discrimination within the profession so um and yeah it's all in our it's all in the the article on on pharmacy network news it's, uh yeah the first uh, pharmacist to be to stand for Stand for elect- not the first pharmacist to stand for election, but the first pharmacist into parliament 
since Sandra Gidley, of course, who uh, went on to big things within the profession too, um, bigger things within the profession at the RPS. And yeah, it's really nice, a uh, really nice piece that Arthur, uh, speaking to to her about her experiences and also a little bit about, you know, combining uh, professional life and then going into politics afterwards, I think is is always interesting to uh, to, to see how people make those decisions and what, what, what motivates them and and good luck to her. Um, right, uh, Neil, over to you. Who's, who's caught your eye this week? Well, I've gone for Ed Waller, um, the Director for Primary Care Strategy and NHS Contracts, uh, NHS England and Improvement. They, we all know Ed's a, a very impressive, bright young thing. He's highly rated, um, certainly within that organisation, um, and will no doubt go on to bigger and better things. And uh, he was at the pharmacy show. I was caught, I was struck by uh, well, typical... Um, confidence and uh, you know just a very polished performance um, when he was addressing pharmacists about uh, well a range of uh, of issues and, and and work that NHS England is doing um, to sort of uh, try and work alongside pharmacy and, and move community pharmacy forward and, and give it a, a bigger role. Um, I was impressed with what he had to say, particularly about the GP. Community Pharmacist Consultation Service, which, has, which as we know, has has not had the number of referrals that we would have hoped it would have done, and he admitted that as well. Um, but he said that, that he, I think he, I think he assured pharmacists in the audience. I, that's the impression I got anyway. That they, they were quite impressed with him. Um, some some of the comments that were made uh, during the show that the, he, he he really did put their mind at ease. But the proof is in the pudding, as you know. We've got to wait to see how these things play out. But he he, he said that in terms of the GPCPCS, um, you know, that the primary care, there are there are mechanisms in place to to ensure that this that, that referrals do go up and that, that community pharmacy is used to the maximum in, in this area. Um, the primary care network contract, for example, he said has something akin to a pharmacy quality scheme. It's called the Investment and Impact Fund, which uh, will incent- which incentivizes GPs to engage with pharmacies to make a plan to increase uh, CPCS referrals. Um, and he also said that the government's £250 million winter access package, which of, which of course was announced last week, designed to help practices improve their availability to patients, it came with a, you know, a very clear statement that that was all dependent on people engaging with the GP CPCS. So clearly, well, based on what Ed is, is saying, you know, NHS England are fully aware of um, how that service has, has not been used uh, to the extent that it might have been used. Um, and just to give you an example, I think it was 13,000 patients from 280 practices were referred to pharmacies through that CPCS service between October 2020 and May this year. And I, that's pretty poor. Um, so I, 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 it, it's so much scope and, uh, and uh, potential for that service. It's not being utilised at the full at the moment. And and Ed didn't shirk away from that. He was absolutely uh, in agreement with that. But I think he, he he came up with some, or at least he put to the audience some some very um, uh, uh, you know solid, impressive, uh, you know, just great good information for pharmacists to know. Just a polished, polished performance. Um, he was asked, I, not really a criticism, criticism of Ed, but I, you know, I we, we did ask him during the show about the COVID booster jab, uh, the phase three um, booster uh, boost, uh, booster program that's being rolled out. And of course, we we want to know. I think it's important to know how many pharmacies, community pharmacies, have been or had their application accepted 
to take part in that because it would give you an idea of how many how many have been accepted how many have been rejected and then it gives you a flavor of um you know what extent that the extent of what uh, pharmacies involved in this program and um he seemed to be a bit uncomfortable with that question uh, probably the only the only time he seemed remotely on uh, um a bit of a wry smile on his face when, when it was asked and he he, he said that 1300 pharmacy covid vaccination sites in england are delivering um or playing a part in the booster um, vaccine program in england so it's, it's good to know the answer um, and he insisted the number will increase. Um, so he, it was, it, it was, a, it was a, a tip. I suppose nothing to be surprised of. Uh, uh, nothing to be surprised about. Um, you know, he he, he spoke he spoke with uh, um, great enthusiasm about a range of issues. He even touched on the G, uh, the pharmacy flu vaccination um, problems, if that's one for one of a better word. Those those dreaded posters. And he even said that that sent a shudder down his spine when he when he saw that. He, he found it very. I think the word he used was dispiriting. Um, and, um, and, and rightly so. He just spoke about a range of issues with great confidence, and I, and I, enjoy, I enjoyed listening to him. So for me, uh, let's hope everything he said actually uh, bears fruit, by the way. But um, for me, a pretty good performance, a pretty good week from Ed Waller. Yeah, thanks, Neil. It'll be interesting to see how adding um, sign-up to the GPCPCS as a sort of string attached to that 250 million pounds that the government is putting into uh, general practice well i think most commentators agree it's a re-announcement of the same sort of money that, that's been around for a while uh, but whether adding adding that as a string attached um, makes a difference because as you say some of those numbers for engagement are pretty pretty low it has to be said which i, I think also reinforces the fact that there's a lot of scope for the for the development of that service going forward which be would be no bad thing. I'm going to stick with the theme uh, that we've all, all picked up on and say uh, it's been a pretty good week for the in, outgoing independent chair of the GPHC, Nigel Clark, who pitched up at the pharmacy show on Monday uh, and was very direct about one or two things uh, standing in on the podium at the in the keynote theatre. Um, particularly what caught my eye was was what he had to say about um, online pharmacy. Uh, so he said that a, a key lesson learned from online meetings in recent years is how important body language and other visual cues can be in a conversation. Uh, I guess we've all got used to um, doing a lot more online over the last 18 months. Um, and and he's got a point. Uh, he said, "He said you can't escape the fact that the dispensing of medicines to a patient requires one, a clinical review, and two, an opportunity for pharmacists to talk directly to patients. We will not deal with issues like compliance and adherence if we aren't building a bond between a pharmacist and a patient. There is a real issue with online pharmacy in that it reduces medicines to a commodity and you lose all the advantages that have been built up in public trust in pharmacy and the knowledge and skills of pharmacists. My challenge to online pharmacists is how do you maintain the value of face-to-face -face consultations? Uh, so, I mean, that, that, to me, that's the, the chair of the GPHC on a public platform setting out very clearly some, some concerns about um, a, a rapidly expanding area of practice. And um, uh, important words, I think, and, and words that, uh, that, that probably needed to be said. Uh, I mean, it was a very wide-ranging sort of presentation. Um, so he, uh, as well as paying tribute to the profession, uh, 
I think Nigel said he'd been deeply impressed by the professionalism, commitment to patients and the public and the persistent improvement which exists throughout pharmacy. Um, but he also had a bit of a go at um, the importance of, as he said, in the interests of patient and public safety. I think those are some really important words there. Uh, a plea for a common health record. Um, if there's going to be better collaboration, he said, then there has to be a common database as to what is happening to a patient. Um, and he related that through to the, the, the recent overprescribing review. If you're going to tackle overprescribing, you know, extend prescribing to a wider range of people, including pharmacists, then a simple question arises. Would any member of the healthcare team in a hospital not add monitoring data, interventional test results to a patient's record? If they didn't, are they not carrying some very large risks that someone does not have an up-to-date picture of that patient's state of health? I think it's it's always valuable for me to have the perspective of somebody like Nigel. You know, he's been the independent chair of the GPHC, as I said, for uh, quite, you know, uh, is it eight years now, I think. And um, so he's he's, you know, got a deep understanding of the profession, but also retains that perspective of the outside view. And for somebody like that to be really putting a marker down on on several fronts in a, in a presentation like that, I, I found really quite interesting and uh, you know something that I will certainly think about going forward and um, and probably things that need to be um, other people need to think about a little bit more as things progress and as we move forward into a more integrated health and care world. So that's it for this week. My thanks to Arthur and Neil and of course to Pharmacist Support. All the Talking Pharmacy podcasts can be found on the Pharmacy Magazine website and for all the usual podcast providers. Just search for Talking Pharmacy. So until next time, it's goodbye from us and thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.